the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. I've just witnessed that you guys are getting some photos taken, but I'm here at River Watch, the Fitbit for our rivers. Now, it's a very fancy-looking floating buoy, I guess is the way to audibly describe it. Obviously, we'll have photos. Uh, but what's the main thing that this can do? Uh, this will monitor fresh water quality in real time. Send it to the cloud, give you alerts if there's changes in water quality. So it'll actually like tell you if there's been a pollution event. can tell you whether the water's swimmable. Uh, can tell you if there's changes in your water quality over time. Now, this is massive because obviously real-time beats just normal monitoring, which I guess you're checking maybe once a week, once a month, who knows when. This is happening in real time. Now, obviously, this is a big issue in New Zealand with so much dairying happening and uh, the talk about runoff into our rivers and what's that, what that's doing to the environment. Now, how did all of this start? Uh, it started with us watching a river die, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, my dad's got a farm in the White Upper, and it's bounded by a river on three sides. And yep. we and that when he moved out there in about 2004, the river was in good condition. We could swim in it any time of the year. Over the years, about four years later, the river started to die. Um, it was like fish washing up dead. Oh wow. would, Algae was choking it in summer, and sometimes it stunk like a cow shed. And so we were like, "What the hell's happening here?" We're finding that it was actually the neighbours' farming practices were causing a, a intensive pollution into the river. So we went and talked to them and tried to get them to stop. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, that didn't go very well. Um, we got just told, oh, you know, piss off a stupid greenie kind of thing. So we were, and I mean, this is this is real back blocks New Zealand. So yeah. we, we were up against farmers who didn't want to listen to, to any sort of reason. So we we thought we'd get the council involved because the RMA should be upholding our, our freshwater quality. That's um, right, yeah. So the council said, well, we need to get some data. So we took photos of stock on the river and they said, well, Photos are great, but do you have any water quality data? And we were like, no, we don't. So how do we get this? And when we started to look into how we get water quality data, we found that only 8% of our rivers were being monitored and 5% of our lakes. Yeah, and 5% of our lakes. Five, hang on. Yeah. Hang on. So 5% of lakes, 8% of rivers were yeah. only being monitored. Yeah. I find that mind-blowing yeah. uh, for a country with so much waterways everywhere. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And most of that monitoring has actually been done just with spot samples. So we don't really know what the changes are. In the, in the river are we don't, yep. we don't really understand what their baseline health is so we were kind of like shit this is a real problem for us we don't we, what we do know about freshwater in New Zealand is pretty much all bad you know, yeah, we, we totally. know that there's this massive decline but we, there's this massive gap in that data so we decided that we could solve that gap by creating something that would give us real time water quality and something that was cheap enough to be distributed right across the country as well yep. so having a cost effective device is really important for us so, obviously, it's been how many years in the making? Oh, man, it's been quite a while. Um, we started this journey with a, with a documentary film called River Dog. Okay, cool. Because um, I'm, I'm a documentary filmmaker, so I, oh, I, decided, nice. I decided that my first film out of university would be about my dad and his story. And it's called River Dog, and um, it's about him standing up for what he believes in, which is to, to have access to clean, fresh water. Yeah. And he and we sort of like extrapolated that out to not just his river, but all rivers as well. And that got us started on this journey. That was back in 2011. Nice. Uh, so yeah. when the documentary came out, yeah. did that help open more doors for you in the quest going forward, or yeah. did it bring more friction? 
Oh man, it, it opened so many doors. I mean, that river's been saved now because of the documentary. Awesome. So yeah, and that was just bringing the media spotlight on it. And it was actually after that that got it. We got really thinking about how do we get our data. Yeah. And then we went and worked with Victoria University for a little bit, um, and had their students work on on some of these these problems that we were solving. And then from there, we've just um, it's been like the last three years have been the really intensive work on getting this connected to the IoT. Yeah. So using IoT and communications technologies. Um, and also making sure that our sensors are quality approved and, and are all up to standard as well. Very good. Are you, obviously, from what I understand, when we had a brief talk yesterday, this is just a prototype at this stage? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's all 3D printed? Yeah. How many different versions of the casing till you got to the one that we're seeing here? I'll tell you what, we've been through about four different versions of, of like a tube casing. The first one was just in a drain pipe. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, man, PVC drain pipe, screw it together, put some electronics in it, and uh, that was all Bluetooth to the phone, and then we, we had one 3D printed. Um, and then we had one industrial designers make it out of aluminium, which was useless because aluminium blocks radio frequencies and is really heavy, so yeah, it has to okay. be buoyant in the water. So we kind of like chucked that one out really quickly and went to Callahan and said, look, we're in a bit of a pickle here. Um, do you have any? Do you know any industrial designers? And they said, "Oh, we know this person, we know that person." By chance, we were looking for someone who could do hydrodynamic flow modeling. Yeah. And he and I said to Alan, I said, "Ah, uh, have you done industrial design?" He said, "Yeah, I used to be an industrial designer for Hamilton Jet." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it's you know, working." Hamilton Jet, uh, you know, they're they're an amazing company, and you know, and the folks that they, that they make are incredible. So we just lucked in with the right person. And Alan works for Callahan Innovation now, doing flow modeling. Ham and I, I, I sent him the sketches on the design that I, that I wanted. He took it. He said, yeah, I'll make that work. And so awesome. we, and we came up with this. And this has been about four months in the making. So three years of, of shitty prototypes. And then four months, and we've got, we've got this thing that works beautifully. It sits hydrodynamically in the flow. It balances itself. It's got no rudder and no motor, and yet it maintains its position in the water the whole time. Wow. Yeah. It's very impressive here, sitting in the tub of water. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, what's your biggest hurdle? Uh, network communications. Yep. You know, like New Zealand's only got two main networks. We've got, we've got Spark and we've got Vodafone. We heard a figure yesterday in yeah. the media briefing from the Vodafone guy, yeah. and it sort of blew us away, and it was something like... The normal figure they say is 98% of the country's covered. Ah, 97% of the population. Yeah, 97% of the population. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, so we're only looking at around 40, 40%. So most of the people that we want to reach are rural customers. Yeah. So how do we reach the rural customers? So we've, we've been looking at the solutions around that, and the best one that's coming up is satellite IoT. So satellite LoRaWAN. So we're partnered with a couple of companies yep. to see, and basically there's a bit of a space race going on at the moment. I bet there there's is. From Amsterdam, there's Fleet Space from from Australia, there's Myriota, and they're all competing in the satellite IoT space. Now, if we can have these connected satellite IoT, we don't need ground-based solutions anymore. No, out the window, man. So we can just go straight to space, and that can go straight to people's phones. And that will make yeah. it much more of an internationally available Absolutely. product straight yeah. away. Global right? product straight away. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, obviously, you're getting the information uh, in real time. Yeah. There's, I'm guessing there's a dashboard or yep. some back-end stuff that you're working on as well to exactly. hopefully make that easier for people to know what's going on. Yeah, that's right. We're, so, we've got a team of freshwater scientists, and what we're, they're doing is they're telling us about how 
is what we're sensing for, how it all works together and what it actually tells us about freshwater. So basically it's the language of freshwater where we're decoding it and we're putting it into our language, so we're translating it. And it's also, we're not just translating it, but we're, we're translating it into different languages. So Māori want to know different things about the water. Yeah. To a farmer, to the council. So they want, different user groups are going to want to have this translated a little bit differently. But in, the, in essence, what the freshwater is telling us is going to be the same sort of thing. So we can take two parameters, and in the way that they interact together, will give us a different interpretation of what's happening in the water. Yep. So that's what our freshwater scientists are telling us. And we've got some brilliant minds working with us doing the, doing the back end of the dashboard. So from what, what I'm hearing you saying um, throughout this conversation, the game changer is that this is trending data yeah. as opposed to spot data here, spot data here. So we can see where the river's going. So we can jump in and take effect or make a difference earlier in that process. Exactly, yeah. I mean, essentially, the, the river's going to be going through natural fluctuations and flows. It actually respires. And one of our measurements is environmental respiration. So this respiration is breathing of the river. Yep. That's why we call it the Fitbit for our rivers. Yeah, Because nice. we're, we're actually measuring the river's health. And we watch that heartbeat, we watch that, that breathing, right? And we can see what's happening with the natural rhythms of the river. So, therefore, as soon as there's a change, a perturbation, a disturbance to that, we can pinpoint it and we can go straight to the problem and fix it. Awesome. What's the feedback been like here at Field Days in the Innovation Tent? Oh, man, it's been amazing. Yesterday, we just had one of the most incredible days. We we didn't expect to get such... The, the, the positive um, feedback from farmers that we were, you know, we were expecting a little bit of scepticism about this. Yeah, I was wondering about that, but it's good yeah. to see. It is, and I think it's because our approach is to put the power in their hands. It's not about saying we we don't want to actually give this to councils so much to come and penalise farmers for doing the wrong thing. We want to tell the farmers that they can monitor their own water and tell their story a different way. Yeah. So if, if they've got one at the top of their farm, one at the bottom, and what they do to the water in between and their stretch of land is improving it, they can tell that story. And that, that that's a good story. That's a great story, and I think River Watch is something that's going to revolutionise what's happening on uh, farms and waterways and everything here in New Zealand. I see that you won an award. Yep. Uh, what award did you win? So we got the AWS Award for Innovation and Data. That's the Amazon Web Services. Nice. Uh, well so, done. Yeah, that's that's a really neat award. Something that we, we kind of needed. It's a bit of a bit of a gap that, that we haven't filled yet, which is which is how we're going to reach people and then sort of basically um, scale this up. Because once the data's coming through, which we do have data coming through from, from live uh, units that are out there at the moment, you know, we, we, what do we do with it? Where does it go? How do we actually sort of um, change the way that people think about and interact with their water with that data? That's right. So uh, thank you so much for talking to us. It's so uh, great to hear all about this tech. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.